0: So someone reminded me this week that it was in the opening, in the opening uh, message for our series in 1 John, I, I shared with you that the voice of the person doing that reading each week as we've been making our way through this letter is a, a spiritual father in my life, somebody who has poured uh, their heart into me. And so in the same way that, that I listen to his voice, and, and you guys are hearing it, you're hearing somebody read, but I'm over here, and I'm like, oh, "That's like one of my spiritual dads right there, reading." And it just means something extra special to hear the voice of your spiritual father reading to you the words of truth. And you know, I really believe that that's exactly how the people in uh, that received John's letter would have felt about it too. He was a spiritual father to them. And speaking of spiritual parents. Today is Mother's Day, and uh, I know it's already happened a couple times this morning. You've been acknowledged, but, you know, I guess I get the right (laughs) to to acknowledge you as well, and I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Uh, We really do thank God for you, and one of the things that I always think about at Mother's Day, I am grateful uh, for my mom, Uh, so grateful for all that she's done in my life. I am thankful for the mother of, of my children, uh, Jen. She's an incredible wife, but an incredible mom. I am grateful for my boys. I'm grateful that they've had her as a mom. But I also, always at Mother's Day, uh, I think of the spiritual moms that God has put in my life, you know? And, uh, you know, some of you are in this room, you know, and... Uh, I'm thankful that God put you in my life, that you also speak truth into my life. You've know, you brought timely passages from the word to me to encourage me or to pray with me, and I just wanna thank all my spiritual moms as well. Um, And I would like to say this, that at Mother's Day, sometimes we recognize that it can be a painful day for some, right? It's a difficult day, especially for those who have a desire to be a mom who haven't had that opportunity, you know, to have a child. And I just want to encourage you, if that's you, really all the moms, but if that is you especially, um, there's a lot of people who need spiritual moms, you know? People who love them and care for them and nurture them and point them to Jesus. So uh, there's still... A lot of work to be done in motherhood, not just having children of your own. You can be a spiritual mom to someone else, so I encourage you with that. So would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we just are, are so grateful for this day. What, a, what an opportunity to gather. We do want to celebrate the moms that are here and, and maybe those who will be listening at a later time. We thank you, God. You're the one who gets all the glory for these amazing women that you have put in our lives. Uh, God, we also just thank you for the, for the spiritual moms that you've put in our lives and we pray your blessing on them. And I pray that each one of us would really take serious the call to be spiritual parents to others. And God, I pray that we would be freed from the, from the lie that the enemy would like to put on us that we're not ready to be a spiritual, uh, encouraging uh, role in somebody else's life. God, I pray that we would uh, move forward with boldness to minister to those around us, to give them whatever we have. God, I pray for your blessing today on, on each of these ladies in our midst, and uh, do ask God now that as we, as we open your word and as we continue to study this letter that you wow, that you wrote through your servant John, that you would speak to our hearts. And that you would encourage us and you would equip us, God, to, to be aware of the, the evil one and his desire to, to lead us astray, to deceive us. Pray that you speak to us through your word now in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. I also have to take a moment, I, I got to say thank you as well for the Armor Bearers Conference. What a great weekend that was to be able to go. Uh, uh, a couple of you have come up to me today and said, thank you so much, Pastor Chris, for, for, for the Armor Bearers Conference. I just need to very, I got to come clean here. <laughs> All I did for the Armor Bearers Conference is say, go for it, guys. And, and we're behind you. We, we believe in you and we are praying for you. And then I signed up to go. So please do not think that Pastor Chris or Pastor Henry or Pastor Jeff um, organized or led the Armor Bearers Conference in any way. Um, we can take no credit for any of that. Only God gets all the glory there. And, and the men who, who put that together, just thank you so much for what you did. It was incredible. And I, I was certainly ministered to through that weekend. So thank you. Well, there's a story that I came across, and uh, I'm not sure if it's a true story or not. Maybe you, maybe you know, and you can let me know later. But there's a story about a dog, a lion, and a monkey, and <laughs> and in this story, in this story, a lost dog wanders into the jungle, and as he comes into the jungle, from the distance, there's a lion. And the lion sees this dog and says, Wow, I've never seen this type before, but he looks delicious. (laughs) And so the lion decides he's going to go get the dog. Well, the dog sees the lion encroaching. He starts to panic, doesn't know what he's going to do. And then he notices there's a pile of bones really close by. And so as the lion's getting closer, the dog says in a loud voice, he says, Wow, mm, that was some delicious lion. <laughs> and the lion stops in his tracks, and the lion says, Wow, he must be a lot tougher than he looks. I better get out of here while I can. So the lion turns and starts to go the other way. Well, meanwhile, at this whole time, there's a monkey up in the treetops, and he's watching the whole thing go down. And the monkey thinks, well, maybe I can get in on good graces with the lion if I tell him what just happened. So the monkey goes to the lion, tells him what just happened. Well, this makes the lion really angry. He is furious. He says, get on my back. Let's go get him. So the monkey jumps on the lion's back, and he's pretty proud of himself. And they take off, and they're heading towards the dog, and the dog sees him coming, and he realizes what's happened. He realizes that the truth is out. And so he starts to really panic now, but then he gets a brilliant idea. And as the monkey and the lion are charging forward, the, the, the dog yells out in a loud voice, where in the world is that monkey? I told him to bring me another lion an hour ago. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a true story or, or not. But the moral of that story is that you cannot always believe what you hear. You can't always believe what you hear. If you have your Bible with you, please turn with me to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. We're going to continue our verse by verse study through the book of 1 John. And today, we're just going to be looking at the first six verses. Uh, and I know you're thinking, wow, so last week it took him like 45 minutes to get through 14, so we're going to get out in half the time. <laughs> no, it just means that I get to spend double the amount of time on each verse. So no, I'm just kidding. Well, in this passage, what we're going to see is that John is very concerned with making sure that believers know how to discern the spirit of truth and the spirit of error, because contrary to popular belief, and I know this is gonna absolutely shock you. Be prepared, hold on to your seat. Not everything that you read on Facebook is true. You gotta be kidding me, right? Not every talking monkey is, is true. And let's be honest, for many topics that people talk about on, on their social media and, and many topics that people love to debate, it really doesn't matter, does it? It's amazing how hot people get under the collar over things that just don't matter. I love listening to the debates over who's the greatest uh, you know, basketball player of all time. I think I've talked about this before. Is it Michael Jordan or is it LeBron James? Never. Neither, it's Chris Blanche. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, it's obviously Michael Jordan, but so, but here's the thing. People get so like, enraged over these debates, right? And they, they, they actually like, call each other names, they swear at each other, and it's like, you gotta be kidding me, right? Like, Does it really matter? Not really. Or, or how about this one? Which are better, cats or dogs? Well, it's obviously cats, right? But, but, but people get so animated about these things, don't they? It's, it's crazy doesn't really matter. But when it comes to talking about Jesus, when it comes to talking about who Jesus is and and what Jesus has done, it really does matter. It really does matter. These are questions of eternal significance. And as you know, there are plenty of opinions and there are plenty of bad teachings going around to answer those questions, which is why it's so incredibly important for us to know whether the voices we are listening to are speaking truth or speaking lies. Now, in order to really lay the foundation for the verses that we're going to be looking at today, I want to go back to a verse that we looked at last week. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 23, John said this. He said, and this is his commandment. Wh- whose commandment is he talking about? God's, right? This is God's commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. By the way, did you notice it says this is his commandment? It doesn't say commandments, it says commandment, because really the two are inseparable. If you believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, as we talked about last week, you will love one another. It's one commandment, believe in Jesus and love one another. One another so this is huge, right this is god 's command if you boil it all down, this is his command for, for our lives that we believe in Jesus and love one another which is why in John uh, in, in chapter four verses one through six, John is going to focus in on just the first part right beliefs about jesus that 's what we 're going to be talking about today right beliefs about Jesus. how do we know that the voices we 're hearing are teaching us truth about Jesus. And then next week, when we look at the the latter half or the rest of chapter 4, verses 7 through 21, we're going to be revisiting the topic of loving one another, the same topic that we looked at last week. Apparently, you didn't get it. So we got to go back. We got to review it again next week. It is interesting, isn't it, in this book, how John just keeps cycling around the same topics again and again. But I do think it's important to point out that he's not saying the exact same thing every time. He's adding to our understanding each time, taking it just a little deeper. Let's begin reading uh, in chapter 4, verse 1. Chapter 4, verse 1 says this, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. John begins the, you know, this section of the letter with an exhortation. He's giving them a command not to believe every spirit. You can't believe everything that you hear. He's telling these guys, listen, you don't be gullible, The first thing John wants us to know is that not everyone who claims to speak for God is actually from God. At the end of the verse, he says, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. John says, don't believe every spirit because there are false prophets who are trying to deceive you. Now, a prophet is someone who speaks the truth about God to others. They declare God's truth. They are representatives of God who proclaim his truth. But just as there are true prophets, there are also false prophets. Not everyone who claims to speak for God is actually from God. And the Bible actually is full of warnings, right? If you read from Genesis to the end of the book, the Bible is full of warnings about false prophets. In Matthew chapter seven, Jesus said this. He said, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. That's the thing about false teachers, right? That's the thing about false prophets. Oftentimes, they look like the real deal, don't they? Their message sounds true enough because their messages come wrapped In the appearance of truth. And that's what makes them so deceptive. But Jesus says what? He says that they are dangerous, right? They're dangerous and their messages lead people away from the truth. And why does that matter? Because it's a matter of eternal significance. When you're talking about a brownie recipe, it doesn't matter. But when you're talking about who Jesus is and what he's done and how do you get to God the Father, all of a sudden it matters greatly, doesn't it? Well, in 2 Peter 2, Peter said this. He said, "'But false prophets also arose among the people.'" And he's referring to times past in Jewish history. He said, this has been happening from the beginning, people, okay? "'False prophets arose among the people.'" just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them. And this is exactly, this is exactly what was going on at the time when John wrote this letter. This is what's going on in the church. This is what's happening in the community when John writes this letter to the believers. False teachers had gone out from among the believers, from the church, and they were teaching new and heretical things about Jesus. Do you think that happens today? People who were among us, people who who were raised in the church, leaving the church and teaching new things about Jesus. Do you think that happens today? You better believe it happens. Just open up your social media and scroll through and there it is, right? Right? So John says, don't believe every spirit. Not everyone who claims to speak for God is being led by the Holy Spirit. False teachers, they're being led by a different spirit. Brothers and sisters, you and I both know that 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 warning is just as relevant today as as it was when he first wrote it. I don't think there's ever been a time in history when people were more inundated with, with teachers claiming to speak and to know the truth about every topic, but specifically this morning, about Jesus. We have pastors, right? We have both radio and online teachers. We have authors, we have bloggers, right? We have, I love this term, the, the social influencers. It's just such a weird thing anyway. Because if you look at their, their <laughs> what makes them influential, it's like, wow, you're a great singer. What should I do when it's time to vote? You know, oh wow, you're an amazing athlete. Who's Jesus? Like it it doesn't even make sense. And yet we are influenced by these people because they are celebrities, right? So we have social media influencers, social influencers, and on top of all that, on top of all those sort of formal sort of categories. We have every single human being with a, with a social media account and a keyboard, right? Like everybody is an expert on every single topic. Like, can I just tell you, if you want to know how to like change your transmission, don't call me. Like, yeah, but you're my pastor. Yeah, exactly. You want to know how to make good brownies? Really, seriously, don't call me, you know? Don't call me, I, I, that's, not, that's not my area of, of expertise. It's not what I study. It's not what I devote myself to. Now, if you want to know uh, about uh, what the Bible teaches, yeah, I'd love to talk with you about that. That is where I spend my time, right? Doesn't mean I have all the answers, but I'm certainly, I'm, I'm more equipped to talk about that than how to change a transmission. But we did, we're so not discerning about the voices that we listen to, right, when it comes to other topics. And as I said before, it doesn't really matter on some topics, does it? It doesn't. But when we're talking about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, it really matters. It's really important to know whether or not I or anybody else that you're listening to is speaking the truth, right? Are they being led by the Holy Spirit or are they being led by a different spirit? And how do we know? How do we know? How are we to discern the spirit of truth in the spirit of error? Well, it's a great question, and uh, I wrote it. Um, so, but you're wondering, aren't you? You're wondering. And John's gonna address that in these verses. In verse one, he says, beloved, do not believe every spirit. Why? Because, because false teachers have gone out. But he says instead, test the spirits to see whether they are from God. John says that we must test the spirits. Brothers and sisters, when when we listen to someone preach, when we listen to someone teach, when we read what they've written in a book or an article or on their social media account, John says we must test the spirits to see whether they are from God. And that includes, as I said before, that includes me. It includes Pastor Henry. It includes Pastor Jeff. It includes anybody who stands up here and speaks at FBC. We're not excluded from that, right? Everyone, you need to test the spirit. How how does what we are hearing compare with what God has said in his word? That's the question, isn't it? That's what we need to determine. There's There's a really great story about about testing the spirits, I think, in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, Paul and Silas, they're out on a missionary journey. They've been traveling, right? They've gone from city to city, and they've been in some places, and they, whenever they went to a new city, they would go into the synagogue, and they would t- tell people about Jesus being the Messiah. They wanted to convince people to say, listen, Jesus is the Jewish Messiah that you've been waiting for. So they're going around, and, and some people are receiving the message, and then other people are completely rejecting the message, right? But worse than reject it, some of the people that they talked to actually became really hostile, right? And, and, and to, to the point where their lives were sometimes in danger. And so Paul and Silas, they were in a place called Thessalonica, and, and that's what happened. Some people believed, but others people, other people didn't, and the people became hostile, and they realized that Paul and Silas were in danger So what did they do? Well, in Acts chapter 17, we're told that the believers, in in chapter 17, verse 10, the believers, uh, the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. They snuck them out of town. We gotta get you guys out of here because your lives are in danger. So they snuck them away to Berea. And when they arrived in Berea, they went into the Jewish synagogue. So they're gonna do the same thing that they did in, in the other places. Now, verse 11 now, these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. I love this. Ready? They received the word with all eagerness. Th- they eagerly listened to what Paul and Silas were saying. Uh, we're not saying that you have to sit here like, I'm not sure I can actually uh, trust what Chris is saying right now. You know, give me the stink eye the whole service. Some of you guys have a really good stink eye, by the way. Like, I look at you and you're like believe anything that guy's saying. I dare you to try to challenge me this morning, Pastor Chris. Try it. No, it says they received the word eagerly. They were happy to hear it. Tell us, Paul. Tell us, Silas. We want to hear this. Tell us. But they didn't stop there. It says they then, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. They received the word with all eagerness and then examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. You know what they were doing? They were testing the spirits, right? They received it eagerly, like, yes, what, what is it? Tell me about it, tell me all about it. Then they went back and said, it's not what it says in here. Actually, they probably didn't look here because I'm in the New Testament. They probably didn't have that yet. So it's not what it says in here the Old Testament, right? They went back and they said, well, that's not what it says, or that is what it says, and they confirmed it in the Scriptures. And it says here that they were commended for it. They were commended. They they, they were more noble than the people in Thessalonica because they did this. This is really, really important. Well, in verses two through six uh, in in our text this morning, John is gonna give us some specific tests that we should use. So let's look at verses two and three. Chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. He says this, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the Spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. The first test to know whether someone is being led by the Holy Spirit or a different spirit is this. Look at what they teach about Jesus Christ. What do they teach about Jesus? Those who are from God will teach the truth about God's son. It's the first thing you should check whenever you hear something new about, uh, from, from some new teacher. Somebody knocks on your door, right? And they wanna to talk to you about what you believe the first thing you want to do is say, what do you believe about Jesus? Because we can get caught up in all kinds of other debates that really don't matter, but what we believe about Jesus really, really matters. John says, by this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Now, you might recall that You know, when we began this series, I talked about the rise of Gnosticism. It was on the rise right about the time that John wrote this this letter, and it it took off for quite a while. And I talked about the the fact that the Gnostics, they believed strongly, they believed strongly that, that the flesh and the spirit were very, very separate. And they believed that while the spirit is good, that all matter, all flesh is evil. They believe that the flesh is evil. So their conclusion then was that if the flesh is evil, then Jesus could not have come in the flesh or that would make him evil as well. So they taught that Jesus was only a spirit being. They denied the humanity of Christ. And that's a problem, that's that's a big problem. Because Jesus really did suffer on a cross. He really was physically uh, beaten. He really did shed his real physical life on a cross in our place. It really matters. And that's why John, I don't know if you remember this, if you weren't here maybe, but in the very opening verses of this book in chapter uh, one, verses one through four, do you remember what John was pushing in those first few verses? Do you remember that? John said what? He said, we saw him with our eyes, right? He said, we heard him with our ears, right? We touched him with our hands. Go back and read chapter one, verses one through four. John wanted the readers to know without a doubt that Jesus was indeed fully human. And so John says here in verse two, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. He was was attacking a a, a very dangerous false teaching, a heresy that was being promoted at that time. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will always lead us to the truth about Jesus, the truth which is recorded in his word. Now, something that I kind of find interesting, and I don't know if you'll find it interesting or not, but at the time when John was writing this letter, the false teachers were denying the humanity of of Jesus. So that's what John's writing about, right? What do you think that most false teachers would deny today? Do you think they deny his humanity? No. Really, anybody with any sort of credibility, right, who would speak on, on who Jesus is, would tell you, you can go to any public university and they'll tell you, well, oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus was a human being who lived and, and walked around in Galilee, and in Israel, some 2,000 years ago. Most false teachers have no problem admitting that Jesus was a human. What do they deny today? They deny his deity. They deny that he is God. They deny that he is the Son of God, the Father. That's what they deny today. But one of the foundational truths of Scripture in the Christian faith is that Jesus is both fully God and fully man. And if you deny either his divinity or his humanity, you are denying who he is, and you're on dangerous, dangerous ground. And as you've heard me say, I've said it already this morning, we can disagree on a lot of things, right? We can disagree on a lot of things. We, we just went to a conference with a, lot, a, a large group of diverse Christians who may not agree on everything. I guarantee that in that conference, there were people who do not share the same beliefs that I have about end times eschatology. I guarantee there were people in that room who had different views on the role of spiritual gifts in the life of the believer. I guarantee there are people in that room who have a very different view on what church government should look like. I guarantee there are people in that room who have a different view on the role of women in ministry than I do. And I'm telling you, we can disagree on all those things. We really can and still be united in Christ. Amen? Amen? And we were, and we worshiped together, and we studied God's word Together, But what we cannot disagree about is who Jesus is. Amen. He is fully God, and he is fully man. The scriptures tell us, and we looked at it to open our time together this morning, in chapter 3, verse th- three, uh, 323, God commands us to believe in his son, Jesus Christ. So I guess that really does beg the question then, what does it mean to believe in the name of God's son, Jesus Christ? What does it mean to confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh? Well, first of all, we need to remember that the name Christ is not Jesus's last name. You know? Hi, my name is Chris Blanche, and this is my friend Jesus Christ, right? And we we use his name that way so often that it sounds like it's his last name, right? I don't know Jesus's last name, you know? Christ is a title, isn't it? He is the Messiah. Christ means Messiah. So when we say that Jesus is the Christ, what we're saying is that Jesus is our Savior. He is our Messiah, the one that was promised in the Old Testament to come and save his people. When we say that we believe in Jesus Christ, we're saying that we have put our faith in Jesus, our Savior. We believe that he is our Messiah, right? What we believe about Jesus, what we believe about Jesus is the most important thing about us. Do you believe that? It's the most important thing about you, what you believe about Jesus, because it is a question of eternal significance. Jesus was, uh, not Jesus, well, Jesus was concerned about it too, but John was so concerned that people knew the truth about who Jesus is that he actually wrote an entire book to convince people to believe in Jesus, the Messiah. The book of John is one of the four gospels at the beginning of the New Testament. And and at the end of this book, John gives some incredible uh, statements about who Jesus is. But at the very beginning of the book, He gives the answer. In John chapter one, this is what John says about Jesus. John chapter one, verse one, he says, in the beginning was the word. And when he's talking about the word, he's talking about Jesus, which becomes clear as you make your way down through the rest of the chapter. He says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, right? And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, And all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. You get it? Like Jesus was with God, and it says that Jesus was God, and it says that Jesus is the one who created all things. Pretty amazing, right? But then in verse 14, he goes on to say that the word became flesh. The word became flesh flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory glory as of the only son from the father full of grace and truth it's amazing right john chapter 1 john lays it out he says jesus was god and jesus became a man right he came he wrapped himself in flesh he entered the world that he created and he died in our place jesus was fully god and fully men. Now, at the end of the book, when you get to the end of the book in chapter twenty-one, he says, "There's so much that Jesus did, you couldn't even contain it in a book. I mean, it just there's not enough pages to write about all that Jesus did." And in chapter twenty, verses thirty and thirty-one, he says this: "Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples. He's talking about miracles that Jesus performed, proving who he was, which are not written in this book." But these, the things that are written, are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Guys, John wanted people to know that Jesus is fully God and fully man, that he is the Christ. He is the Messiah that God sent. He is our Savior. And he says, I wrote this whole book so that you would believe this. And through that believing, you might have life in his name. So what we believe about Jesus really matters, doesn't it? It really matters. So we need to test the spirits, according to John, whether they are from God. John says, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. And then he says, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is in the world already. John says that any spirit who does not teach the truth about Jesus, it's not just a bad teaching. He said, this is, they are being led by the spirit of of the Antichrist. Can you imagine like telling someone that? You know, like someone sits down and shares with you something, it's like, I hate to break the news to you, but what you're saying, I don't know if you know this or not, but you are being led by the spirit of the Antichrist. that'd get their attention, right? But that's exactly what John is saying here. If they're not teaching the truth about who Jesus is, they're being led by the spirit of the antichrist. He said something similar uh, in chapter two, verse 18. He said this, he said, as you have heard the antichrist is coming, so now many antichrists have already come. And if you've read through your Bible or if you've been around church for you know any length of time, then you have probably heard of the antichrist, right? You've probably heard of him. Maybe you've got this picture in your head of some scary-looking dude that's going to come along, right, the pitchfork and horns, you know, coming out of his head. It's not the way he's described in Scripture. The Bible does teach that there is an evil end-times figure who's going to rise, he's going to oppose everything about Jesus, about God. And John, in this book, calls him the Antichrist. Paul calls him the man of lawlessness, in the book of Revelation, which was also written by John, he's referred to as, it's my favorite, the beast. He's the beast. John says that there is an antichrist. There is a, 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 an end times figure called the antichrist who is going to appear. But what he wants the readers, and I think what we need to understand, is that the spirit of the antichrist, you don't have to wait for that. The spirit of the antichrist is already in the world. It's a spirit which is already standing in opposition to God and leading people away from the truth, the saving truth about Jesus Christ. It's a spirit which actually comes from the enemy of our souls, right? You know, we talked about this last week, you know that there is a real spiritual battle going on out there, right? You believe that there really is Satan, right? You really believe that there are evil spirits out there. You know that, right? By the way, it's amazing to me how many people would say, oh yeah, I believe in God. Yeah, I believe there's a God. Or I believe there's angels. Absolutely, people love to believe in angels because they're good, right? But the amount of people who believe in angels versus those who would also say yes, and I also believe that there are demons, it drops off fast. It drops off fast. They're real. And the spirit of the Antichrist is already in the world. And so the first test to know whether someone is being led by the Holy Spirit or a different spirit is to look at what they teach about Jesus Christ. We need to look at what they teach about Jesus, compare it to what God has recorded in his word. And those who are from God will teach the truth about God's son. Then verse four, he says, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. I I love this verse because John just got done telling the readers to watch out because of the spirit of the Antichrist, right? Watch out because the spirit of the Antichrist is in the world trying to deceive them. But now in this verse, he says, But don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You have overcome them, they have not been deceived by the false teachers. And the reason why they have stood firm is not because they are so strong or so powerful. They're such super Christians that they were able to stand firm. No, the reason they were able to stand firm is because of the Holy Spirit of God that is in them. That's what he says. John says that he who is in you, God's spirit is greater than he who is in the world. Brothers and sisters, the spirit of God who lives in us, is infinitely more powerful than any deceiving spirit that is out there. Do you believe that? We do not have to fear being led astray by false teachers. We just have to listen to the voice of God's spirit living in us. The Holy Spirit will always lead us into God's truth, won't he? See, the awareness of our spiritual enemy should not drive us to fear. It should cause us to draw closer to Christ. It should cause us to listen to his voice speaking to us through his word. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And you know, the enemy has really two strategies, right? He wants to either make you focus on him so much that you take your eyes off of Christ or focus on him so little that you're not prepared for his attacks, right? either believe that he exists and become consumed with him or pretend he doesn't exist and be consumed by him, right? Well, in verses five through six, John is gonna give us the second test for whether someone is being led by the Holy Spirit. In verse five, he says, they are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world and the world listens to them. So the first test, right, was you know to, to look at what they teach about Jesus. The second test is to look at where their message is received. John says that these false teachers are from the world, they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. Now, when John talks about the world, he, he's not talking about the planet. They're from earth. Well, we're all from earth right? I think. He's not talking about people for God so loved the world he gave his only son. He's not talking about all people here. John is talking about the world system. We talked about this in chapter two as well. A system which stands opposed to God. A system of values and attitudes which reject God and they reject God's commands. In chapter 2, verse 15, John said, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. These false teachers had left the church and they were promoting a message of self gratification. You see, because, again, because they believed that the flesh is evil and only the spirit matters, they taught that you can do whatever you want in the flesh, it doesn't matter. That's what they taught because it's the flesh. Only the spirit matters. So you want to go get drunk? Go get drunk. You want to sleep around? Sleep around. You can do whatever you want in the flesh and it doesn't matter. Except it does, right? Tell me, please tell me that that spirit is not alive in our world today. Do whatever you want. You don't have to listen to some archaic book. Do whatever you want. The problem is, it does matter. It really does matter. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist. I don't know what I, this has to do with rockets. Why, does it, why do we even have that term, <laughs> that saying? You don't have to be a rocket scientist to realize that there are some really bad ramifications for living that way. You don't have to be a Christian to realize that sleeping around can lead to some really bad things, Right? You don't have to be a Christian to realize that, that, that satisfying every desire for alcohol or drugs leads to bad places, right? It does matter. What we do in the flesh does matter. And John says that these false teachers, they are from the world, they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. You can tell a lot about the spirit behind a messenger by where their message is received. But in contrast, to these worldly teachers who are embraced by the world, in verse six, he says, we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now, when John says we are from God and whoever knows God listens to us, This is the same we and the same us that he was talking about in chapter 1 when he was introducing his letter. That which we have seen, that which we have heard, right, we present to you. Now, at this point, John is an old man, right? All the other apostles are dead. But their writings aren't. What they had recorded wasn't. The letters they had written were not. When John says we and us, he's referring to himself and he's referring to the teachings of the apostles. He's referring to the teachers of Peter and Paul and James. He's referring to the teachings of Jesus that were recorded in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And John says that those who know God, those who are God's children will receive the teachings that God has spoken through Jesus and his apostles. And fortunately, those teachings are recorded for us, aren't they, in the word of God? What a a treasure we have to have God's word. John says that those who are God's children will receive the teachings of his word. Those who are not, they won't. God's children uh, will not receive the message of the world. They'll receive the message of God's word. So John says, by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The message of the world is received by the world, but the message of God's Holy Spirit is received by God's children. So when you hear a new teaching, just look at where it's being received. Who's buying it? When we began this morning, I told you that in this passage, John wants to make sure that believers know how to discern the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Because what we believe about Jesus really does matter. So John says that we need to test the spirits. And the first test is to look at what they teach about Jesus Christ. Those who are from God teach the truth about God's Son. And those who do not teach the truth about God's Son are not from God. Secondly, he says to look at where the message is received. God's message will be received by God's children, and the world's message will be received by the world. So let me encourage you as we leave to test the spirits, to test the spirits. Be like the Bereans, you know? Search God's word daily to see if the things that are being taught are in alignment with the truth of God's word. Are you going to do that? Are you going to go back? Are you going to look at God's word this week and say, man, Pastor Chris said this about spirits and, and all that. I'm going to go back and look at and see what God's word has to say about that. Or are you just going to say, yeah, Chris said it. Must be true, right? Just like it's true that he's the best basketball player in the world, right? No, we got to go back, go back, go back and, and study God's word. And let's be aware Be aware that we do have a very real spiritual enemy who wants to lead us away from the truth about Jesus. Be aware of it, but don't be fearful about it. Instead of fearing the enemy, let's draw near to Christ, listening to the voice of his spirit because we know that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. Amen? Amen. Well, next week... We're gonna look at the, the rest of chapter four. We're gonna be looking at, um, John's gonna revisit the whole idea of loving one another. But let me close with, uh, with this. Soren Kierkegaard said, there are two ways to be fooled. One is to believe what isn't true. The other is to refuse to accept what is true. We don't want to believe the lies of the enemy, do we? We don't want to believe that. We want to test the spirits and see if they are truly from God. But we do want to believe the word of God, don't we? We want to put our faith firmly in it. Man, what else were you going to put your faith in? What your buddy posts on social media? Based on what? His opinions? His thoughts? I mean, we have the word of God and you're gonna build your life on your buddy's opinions or what some famous singer thinks? You're gonna cast your eternal security on what some famous basketball player thinks? Come on, that's not being wise, is it? You're being fooled if that's what you do. Two ways to be fooled. One is to believe what isn't true. The other is to refuse to accept what is. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. Believe God's word. And I'll just say this, if you've never put your faith in Jesus, the Messiah, Messiah, right? The Savior, the one that God sent to save us. Don't be fooled by refusing what is true. Don't be fooled. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart, make today the day when you choose to believe in the name of God's Son, Jesus Christ. Amen? In John chapter one, verse 12, John says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You can be a child of God. And if you're ready to make that decision, please come and talk with me after the service. I would love to talk with you about that. Love to pray with you. Maybe answer any questions you have. Uh, But let today be the day you make the most important of decisions, amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do recognize that there is a deceiver out there. The spirit of the Antichrist is alive and well, leading people away from the truth about who your son Jesus is. And God, it's a shame because so many people are ready to believe it. Too many people aren't willing to be good Bereans and to study your word and to see what you really say. God, we do believe that you sent your son Jesus into this world. He came in the flesh, he lived a perfect life and he died in our place, paying the price for our sins. And he did not stay in a grave, he rose again. He defeated death. And because of his victory over death, we too will not die according to his words. Oh, we may die physically, but our spirit will live on for all eternity with him. And we thank you, Jesus, for that truth. And God, I pray if there's anybody here that doesn't know you personally, that today would be the day that they would say yes to you, Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.